Welcome to Millennial 605. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Thanks for everybody's patience as we were off last week. Why were we off? Whose fault was Was that my fault? Whose fault was uh, it? It was my fault and your fault. Uh, ah, we were both okay. unavailable and we did not want to throw Pam to the wolves. Yes. So. Yes, I remember <laughs> that now. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot. Exactly. I was at Disneyland last <laughs> Monday through Wednesday with uh, my boyfriend uh, my brother and his girlfriend, and and we had a we had a really great time. I've been on the road for about two weeks now, and shockingly, mm-hmm. I'm not sick of it yet. I thought, wow. I thought by, I was going to ask you about that. Are yeah. you ready? You're not ready to go home then? I'm huh? good. I'm good. Yeah, I was afraid. Like by the time I got to LA, I needed a. I I feel like I haven't had a break on this whole trip. But yeah, it's I'm in LA right now, and the weather is just so nice and such a refreshing change of pace. And I haven't been in LA in three years, so mm-hmm. it feels like. It feels like no time has passed. I'm just like hitting all my old favorite spots and I showed Pat a bunch of places in LA. So it's been nice. I used to say that I miss California, but I don't miss LA. I feel like I did miss LA. I'm like, wow, I like it here. I'm in Burbank. I fucking love uh, North Hollywood, right, Pam? It's nice over here. It it is really nice. And it's so funny you mentioned that because when I left, I was so ready to leave. Like, you couldn't have Same. paid me to get out of there faster than I mm-hmm. did. Like, I, I, you know, I was done. And now when I go back, it, it feels really nice to be there. I'm going and, home. Like, there's some, like, uh, there are huge drawbacks, okay? But it feels nice to be there when it's, when everything's good, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're at, like, a great bar catching up over happy hour. You're like, oh, it's really nice. Like, um, last time I was there, I was over at Bookstar. You know? Oh yeah, the the Barnes and Noble that's in a movie theater. Yeah, and then I was at the there's that Mexican food cantina like right across the way. Oh, and it was just like oh this is such a nice night and there's like e- it's easy to find parking up here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you the, can just walk everywhere. The prices rent wise are better. However, I was looking on Redfin at the homes around here. I thought okay maybe they're going to be a little better than Hollywood. No, everything around here as a is at least a million dollars and. It's just so disheartening because I feel like, you know, I've, I've been successful over the years. I sh- I deserve to be able to buy a place here. But no way. No way. A million dollars. And we're not talking yeah. for a big house. We're talking like 1,500 I, square you, feet. Are you guys into HGTV? Do you watch um, the yeah. streaming on yeah. there? Like, there's, there's that one. I think it's on HGTV where they do like lottery listing or like lottery million dollar dream lottery house. dream house. Yeah. yeah. And it just frustrates me so much because these people win like $1.5 million and they're like, oh, we want to buy a house and then invest some money. And I think to myself, they're not looking in California. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to exactly. watch. The investment this... would be the money in the house. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's just like I can't wrap my brain around somebody buying a house, like a multi-bedroom, multi-story house mm-hmm. in a nice neighborhood and then still having money left over to invest. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's all it's always funny because like when I bought a con like you hear about that all the time, not just on that show, but on every show on HGTV. It's like, oh, it's under budget, so we can use that extra money to invest. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not using that money to invest. I'm using that money to have some extra money. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually reading an article on The Atlantic the other day about the housing crisis, particularly for millennials, in that um, homeownership amongst millennials is only like 8% in the United States. And it's because Mm. in these urban and suburban areas, it's not uncommon for 
a common like mid-level cost of a, a starter home almost to be like a million dollars. Yeah. Like a million dollars and starter home do not go together. Yeah. Well, so I'm wondering who is living out I here? Know. Are these people who, okay, so maybe, you know, families who have lived here for 30, 40 years when it was a lot more affordable? Is it uh, young adults who have really rich parents, so their parents hook them up? Like, who's buying these homes? I don't understand. This bubble has to burst at some point, and then I might swoop in. I. This sounds dark, <laughs> yeah. but... We need a good earthquake out here to, to shake these prices down because they're do, nuts. But they, they don't leave like on it. This is so bad. But, you know, like every once in a while, it rains a lot up here in Northern California, especially where I grew up. And you always hear these stories every couple of years about some house, you know, falling down in a mudslide. And I think to myself, like, if these people moved within the last, you know, five, ten years, there's no excuse for you not to know that that's a possibility. Yeah. So I kind of don't feel sorry for you, even though it sucks, Uh but like, that's a problem that's been happening. And you decided to live in a house that's basically on stilts Mm -hmm. in a place that has happened before, you know? So I think about that a lot. Before LA, Pat and I were in Vegas looking at actually affordable homes and it was fun. And we saw our old friend, Sarah. She drove us around to like show us the city so we can get like a better feel for it. And I kind of, I broke something in her car. So that was a little awkward. (gasps) Andrew, what did you break? What did you break? Well, I mean, it's very sunny. So I do what most people do. I pulled down the sun visor and it's it's snapped off. (laughs) The clip to hold it up snapped off. So I, I promised her a free month of Patreon to pay for that. Is that okay? Andrew, yes, that's all you're getting. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I think we should give her something else. <laughs> that's probably very expensive to pay. A free well, month of she, Patreon. She wasn't too miffed about it because she said she's getting a new car soon. She did kick me out of the car after I, that happened, but she didn't seem too bothered otherwise. <laughs> the problem is I'm jacked, so like anything I touch has a good chance of breaking. My voice cracks as I say that. I'm trapped. (laughs) Yeah, for anybody who's not watching the video version of this show, I just wish you could observe the looks that Pam and I were both just giving Andrew when he was like, (laughs) I'm jacked. (laughs) Actually, I'm wearing my Slytherin spirit jersey, and uh, it does wrap around my arms nicely. Do you see that muscle? It does. It does. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Two big things I noticed about L.A., uh, differences since the last time I was out here. One, and this is a sad one, the homeless population has gotten out of control, unfortunately. I mean, every exit off the freeway, there's uh, a tent city, and it's just really sad to see. On a brighter note, <laughs> there are a lot of Teslas out here. Like, I can't drive 30 seconds without seeing one, and that just makes me so happy. And hey, maybe if enough people buy Teslas out here, it'll get rid of the smog, because there's also still... A lot of that. What have you two been up to? Uh, I've been avoiding paying my taxes. Why is that? Uh, because I'm going to owe money and, <laughs> I, and I would rather just pay it at the last possible second mm-hmm. um, because I'm not going to give these fuckers my money any sooner than I have to. <laughs> you don't want it going to the wall any sooner than right. it needs exactly. to. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And at this point, I can't, especially with the tax bill changes that came in the last couple of years, I kind of, I kind of feel like I'm being stolen from. 
at this point because mm-hmm. and and I say this is like a good tax loving liberal like I like having streets to drive on and hospitals to go to and things like that but the reason that people like us like middle class and people who are even under that get stuck paying these extra taxes is because of this tax bill, which ultimately was designed to further line the pockets of the ultra rich. Mm. So I feel really salty about that. And I'm not going to let the IRS come arrest me or anything, but I'm also not going to fork over any more money any sooner than I have to. Why Why do you have to pay taxes this year? Did you just planned badly no offense like aren't you like withholding enough money to not have to pay taxes so under the old regulations like where the standard deduction was 6500 i never had a problem Mm. it's only been since these new tax regulations have gone through that the last couple years i've owed oh i see yeah. You know what I hate when your accountant says, oh, don't forget, you have to prepay taxes for the next year. I'm not doing that. You're just giving the government a loan. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Even What's with that? Hypable last year, because we had to pay a lot in taxes last year, they were like, oh, I'm going to remind you to prepay your taxes. I'm like, Haha, okay, well, my accountant Loki sucks, so she never reminded me and I never paid ahead. And like our taxes were way different this year. Than they were last year. So I'm glad I didn't prepay either. I get it. Like it helps so you don't get hit the following year. But still, no, I'm not giving, especially this administration, a loan. Yeah. For a lot of people yeah. that overpay and then get money back, it's like you have this false sense of joy because right. you think you're getting a tax return. Yeah, but it's really just money you shouldn't have had to fork over earlier. Exactly. You know, or at all. Well, exactly. and it's just this shouldn't be so difficult like it shouldn't be this balancing act of like let me make sure that i'm withholding the exact right amount of money and accounting for any changes to my income that might come over the course of the year that i'm not currently aware of just in case it's like companies like TurboTax, H&R Block, these are the ones who are consistently lobbying our Congress to make it difficult for us to file our fucking taxes. Oh, my gosh. So that we have to pay for their services. Yeah. So every time I use TurboTax, I'm just sitting here like, fuck you. You (laughs) I've been getting some slimy emails from TurboTax this year. I can't quote them. I don't have them readily available. But these subject lines look like I've already created a TurboTax account. And it's ready to file, and I've uploaded info. I have not used TurboTax for years, and yet I'm getting this stuff from from them because they want they want me to use their service, and it's disgusting, really. Yeah, they keep your information on file. Like if you put, um, like for instance, Hypable, TurboTax remembers Hypable year after year. Like I go in, and they're like, "Did you still work for Hypable Inc?" And I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> or like this subject <laughs> they, line. They got me like not long ago because it like you know they go oh we'll just like if you still work here you can just like we'll just um you know automatically input the information but then you have to like pay extra for that for them to do that yeah yeah it's crazy you know yeah yeah and then i was just like why why am i doing this i could have just filled it on my own it's not that hard but february 7th from TurboTax. please sign in w2s are ready what w2s January 31st, please sign into your account. 2019 tax season update. No, misleading. Bad, yeah, and, bad turbo. And you're, and you're like, oh, what kills me is their um, 
top image, like their banner image on their website right now, shows a woman like smiling with her phone. And then it shows her screen and it's like, you got a refund of $3,400. I got like, that great, too. Great what? job. Great <laughs> refund. And I'm like, fuck you. Nobody's getting that. <laughs> yeah, who's getting a $3,000 <laughs> refund? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm looking at this email right now. Everybody's yeah. getting fooled. Because yeah, you fall for that, of course. You see that and you're like, oh boy, I bet I can get 3000 too. Look how happy she no. is. <laughs> no, the best thing that you can do is just donate as much as you can so that you can push yourself to the point where you can itemize your deductions. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Pam, what's new with you? Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to bring the mood down. <laughs> But, you know, we talk about life stuff on here and this is life stuff. So at some point, eventually we will know somebody that dies and maybe you will have to help out with funeral arrangements. So um, my grandpa passed away last month and we knew that we didn't want as a whole family to do a big funeral because we thought that it was just too much stress. So instead, we decided to cremate him and we were going to, as a family, scatter his ashes, Mm -hmm. which sounds really simple. Um, But apparently there are a lot of rules when it comes to how and where you can scatter the ashes. And it took so much longer to get the process done because you have to get like the funeral home has to get a permit from the city to actually cremate the body. And then you have to wait on a permit from the city that allows you to scatter the ashes Oh, when you decide to do that in case anybody stops you. But here's the kicker. We thought that we could just scatter him anywhere. And it turns out you have to be 500 feet away from the coast, which is really hard to do. Like it doesn't sound like a lot of like a big distance, but it, it was strangely difficult. And we spent the whole day driving around San Francisco, which was really nice. Uh, and then we finally decided to just go and pay one of the fishermen to take us out oh into the gosh. bay to do it. Yeah, because they will they will sometimes like take you out for a small fee out in, in Fisherman's Wharf. Like like my uncle was the one that had the idea. You know, like my family's been in the city for a while. So he kind of just like knew. I don't think that's like common knowledge. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll just go over and ask if anybody has time and like it'll work. And it sure enough, it did. So ended up being fine, but it was a whole big thing. So FYI for So in other words, you. you can't throw them on land anywhere. No, technically not. And as I was, as this was happening, I couldn't stop thinking about people that scatter their loved ones ashes at like Disneyland. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to bring that up. You know, they have a code number for that when that happens, apparently, because yes. it happens a lot. And so they need I a special yeah. lead up crew. I f- and like, honestly, it was like, here's the other thing. Too. <laughs> this is getting really morbid. But like, I, I don't know, like we I've never actually like seen anybody's remains before. But since we were scattering them, you know, we didn't need an urn. They just gave us a box. Fine, whatever. But so then as I'm thinking about how difficult it is to scatter, I'm looking at what's in the box and thinking like, wow, like that's so noticeable. Even if you drop that in a bush somewhere. <laughs> At Disneyland, Mm -hmm. these people are ballsy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I think this is one of those things where, yes, there are laws surrounding it. And yes, it is technically illegal to just scatter ashes wherever. But I think people do it all the time. Oh, yeah. And I, I say that because I was recently, this past summer, I was part of this. A family friend was scattering her mother's ashes on the beach and and we just all went and did it. 
no mm. permits, no nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, uh, we probably would have done that and we were about to, but my aunt who was his primary caregiver towards the end of his life got really nervous because her name was on the, oh. you know, on all the legal documents. And she was like, what if it, what if like, you know, the tide's really low. What if some of him comes back up and somebody knows what it Not is? today. And, Go kabachis. You know, they come and get me. <laughs> what are they going to do? Claws a DNA back. test on right, I don't know. She just started getting really nervous about it. So we were just like, you know what? We're like, it's okay. Like we'll, we'll do it your way. It's right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was, um, it's kind of nice though. Like, I don't think like nobody ever really wants to go to like a funeral of any kind. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice that, you know, we could just kind of laugh about how ridiculous it was that they put all these restrictions on there. I don't know if I want to be cremated. Have you guys thought about that? You do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where would your ashes be thrown or not thrown? Oh, uh, definitely. I want to be thrown somewhere. I don't want to be kept. That's just weird to me. On a personal level, but like probably a beach. I like beaches. Okay. I like water. Yeah. I have an irrational fear of being buried, but not actually being dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. so- <laughs> You've seen a few too many movies. So, no, like this is like an irrational fear I've had since childhood that, you know, somebody people would think I was dead and then they would bury me and I would wake up. And I wouldn't be able to get out. So so that that's why I think I want to be creative. Well, that also used to happen. Right. I would. I only had one friend ever that was like, did not laugh at me when I would say this. So she would always say that since like, if, since if I was going to go first, that she would like leave me with a walkie talkie down there. So that, you know, <laughs> that's I a good idea. Okay. That's a great idea. <sighs> yeah. So that's like, she's like the only person that I ever felt like, I was like, okay, fine. That that's fine. You know, yeah. if I go first, then you can bury me. But if not, just burn my body. It'll be fine. Well, we might want to do that for American democracy. Like bury it with a walkie-talkie because what's been going on since we were <laughs> off air has been like pretty discouraging. I don't think anybody was surprised that the Senate acquitted President Trump of the impeachment charges, but it happened. Although, like, hat tip to Mitt Romney for actually having a pair of balls. Um, and then Trump gave the Presidential Medal of Honor or Medal of Freedom Medal, whatever the fuck, to Rush Limbaugh. This is something that's been given to, like, Sigh. Mother Teresa. Like, that's yeah. the caliber. <laughs> was it Was it simply because he just announced he has, like, stage four lung cancer? Yeah, but that's still not a good enough reason. No. You don't get no. it just because you're dying. You have to dying. be a good person I'm not, to I'm not get saying this award anyway. It's not a good enough reason for us, but for Trump... And his administration, maybe that's why they did it, because maybe he doesn't yeah. have a, a long time left to live. Although I would just love to point out the high irony in the fact that this is the man who said that there's no evidence to suggest that smoking cigarettes causes cancer. Hmm. Oh, and well, now that is, here we are. <laughs> that is that is ironic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also been some updates on the coronavirus, which we had touched on briefly uh over a couple of weeks ago so since we last spoke the death toll has topped 900 and we have around 40,000 people worldwide who are infected at this point so i just wanted to touch base with y'all and see are you worried i'm not worried no no because people compare it to the flu and the flu is a lot worse at this stage we'll see how bad the coronavirus gets but i i'm not worried i think i jokingly 
well, maybe not so jokingly, said on the show a couple weeks ago that I was concerned. Mm. I'm not concerned anymore. I um just in general, not like necessarily because of the coronavirus, but also obviously whenever there's any kind of outbreak, I do think about this. I worry that since I work from home and I'm not as exposed to mm. germs that I my immune system is maybe not as strong as it used to be. Yeah. When I was, you know, going to school or working with kids or like working out in the public and stuff like that. So it does kind of cross my my mind on that um, front, usually. I do have to admit something. I'm so I'm so embarrassed to admit this, especially this year. I have not had my flu shot. And I feel like, yeah, I know. I know. I need to go. I need to go like after recording and just get it over with. Yes. This has been a very deadly flu season. 10,000 people in the United States have died from the flu this season alone. <laughs> that's not counting any international. That's just US. Oh, God. Yeah, I need to get on that, especially with all the traveling I'm doing. Just just really stupid. So I'm going to do that. Yes, please do. Add it to my Asada task list, <laughs> please. We'll add it next to reading a book. <laughs> I'll do it right shot. after I read my book for January. <laughs> he says February 10th. So we still have a lot to get to today. We'll talk about the Oscars. We're going to talk about what the hell happened in Iowa. And we're going to preview New Hampshire, which is happening tonight, that vote, um, and some other fun topics as well. But first, a word from this week's sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. And growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones. Then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified candidates so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. So the Oscars were Sunday night. I have to say, I... I Maybe I was just drunk, but I thought this was the best Oscars in recent memory. What do you think, Pam? I mean, they definitely kept us on our toes. I can't remember a ceremony quite like this one. There were a couple of curveballs for sure. Mm. But I think overall, this hostless um, approach is probably for the best. It definitely adds more variety. Yeah, it adds more variety and... The celebrities seem to want to avoid it these days because they just get shit on on social media. And they're wondering, why am I doing this? Why am I bothering? And who knows what the pay is, but maybe it's just not good enough for um, to stick your neck out there like that. Yeah, that's a good point. What did you think of Janelle Monae's opening number? I really loved it. So instead of having a host, they had her with this opening number. It was an original song. And uh, you saw a lot of movies that actually weren't nominated were featured um somewhere like joker uh but it was a lot of fun it was really powerful and janelle is just incredibly 
talented. So seeing her rip that song apart was awesome. I was mainly following Pam's coverage. Um, and some Sorry, of the... but I guess you're welcome. No, no, no. Thank you. It, it helps me because I, I did not tune in, but I did catch a couple of what I thought were pretty interesting moments, like Joaquin, Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's acceptance speech. A little unhinged. Um, that dude's weird. Little, little unhinged. Well, he played Joker. He has to be a little weird. Yeah. Took on milk, and Pat was not happy about that. He's very angry. <laughs> yeah, I thought of Pat actually. <laughs> I did, yeah, <laughs> I did. He hated Joker. So after that happened, I said, "Now you must really hate Joker." Another nail in the coffin. Yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> Another highlight I thought was "Into the Unknown." That's a big song from Frozen Two. It was performed by Idina Menzel and the international artists who perform as Elsa in the film around the world. That was really good, I thought. And Idina and the rest of the singers nailed it. Funnily enough, Josh Gad, who voices Olaf, he, he introed them. And he, he said, and now Idina Menzel pronounced exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> Reference to the <laughs> Adele Dazim club we spoke about a few weeks ago. That was just so great. And everybody was laughing their ass off in the theater. And then there was this tribute to all of the songs that are closely associated with the movies they're based on and vice versa all kinds of songs um so there's this montage introduced by lin-manuel miranda and then at the end of the montage out comes eminem to perform lose yourself the whole song i mean you know five six minutes and i thought it was really good but a lot of people on twitter were on were like what the hell why did he come out to do this pam what did you think was that like weird or appropriate uh, well okay so i thought it was it was shocking because you know nobody was expecting it and it kind of didn't really make sense they didn't really offer up an explanation well so that song but, came out but of, it was still really cool that song came out of the movie 8 mile for anyone who doesn't know, right? Eminem's movie, but why? But why him? Why lose yourself? You know what I mean? Like, why not any other song that was in that package? But I will say that Eminem himself cleared it up later on Twitter, and it made much more sense. It was just like weird because nobody could figure out if there was like a an eight mile, um, like a like a milestone date for the movie mm. or what it was. It just turns out that we had all forgotten that he chose not to go when he won oh. so they gave him a do-over which is nice oh yeah okay okay that's cool yeah so he said like if you had one chance one opportunity and then he said something like took me a while to get here but thanks to the oscars for having me so interesting i mean coming off of a great month too because he just released his latest album as well mm -hmm. and kind of cool that he eventually did get to the oscar stage my, but my only, it just got lost in translation my only other guess is they went out to other artists and nobody really wanted to do this. So they got down to like Eminem at number 10 on their list. And they're just like, okay, I guess we're going with Eminem. Some notable wins. This was the first time a foreign language film won Best Picture, Parasite. I've not seen it yet, but everybody absolutely raves about it. Have either of you? No, but we're actually either going to watch it some uh, either tonight or tomorrow. We're watching it at some point this week. It is um, worth seeing. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, the director has been making this point about how people are, you know, scared to watch a movie with subtitles because a little it's a little bit more tedious. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really excited that, you know, more people are going to be watching it now because it, he, it's just really great and it, a really good 
example of how sometimes the Academy does the right thing, you know? Yes. After last year, Green Book won Best Picture and nobody liked that movie. So that that it's it was a big improvement compared to last year, especially. What were some of the other big wins and losses of the night, Pam? So obviously, we already touched on Parasite. Um, they had a huge night. And I feel like every acceptance speech was more wholesome than the last. So that was really fun to watch. Uh, Joker, surprising upset for that team because they led with 11 nominations total going into Sunday, but only took home two awards for Best Actor and Best Original Score, which I think everybody thought they had in the bag anyway. Yeah. But kind of crazy that they didn't win more. Yeah, I guess so. It was refreshing, though, right? Because if Joker just sweeped, it would have been pretty boring. 100%. And speaking of sweeping, 1917 was also a favorite to win a lot Mm -hmm. last night. Uh, They had 10 total nominations, but only took home three prizes in categories like visual effects, cinematography, and sound mixing, which I think is well-deserved. I think that, you know, those are appropriate awards for 1917 to win. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, the Irishmen, poor Netflix, they probably had the biggest upset of the night because they had 10 nominations total going into Oscar Sunday, but did not pick up anything. Mm. Ouch. There was a really sweet moment when the director, I believe, of Parasite was accepting one of his wins, maybe best director. He quoted Martin Scorsese, some quote he had always carried with him. And he said the quote first and he like paused for a beat. And then he said that that's a that's a quote from Marty. And uh, everybody just really loved it because they didn't realize at first that it was a Martin Scorsese quote. And then to give him a, a really touching tribute in that way, it meant a lot to Scorsese and I think the audience on a whole. Imagine beating Martin Scorsese like, wow, <laughs> that's quite the honor. Yeah, it was like, honestly, a stacked category. There were a lot of, you know, old Hollywood figures that were nominated mm-hmm. this year. I think it's funny also that Scorsese didn't pick up anything for The Irishman, but Joker won too. And this comes only a few months after his disparaging remarks about comic book movies. And I know Joker doesn't mm. quite fall into that category the way that some of the, like the MCU stuff does, for example, but it's just funny to me. Um, that yeah. he sort of got beat at his own game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is sweet irony for sure. <laughs> Renee Zellweger and Joaquin Phoenix won the Best Actor Awards and Laura Dern and Brad Pitt won the Supporting Actor I was so awards. happy for Laura Dern. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> I love her. She's yeah. great. Did you guys see the Laura Dern package at the Spirit Awards the no, night before? No, Oh my God, you have to watch it. It's just... <laughs> It's the I think it's like the L.A. Um, gay men's choir. And oh, I heard about that. Singing about all of the yeah, all of the gay moments in film that people didn't realize were gay, and then it's just like one minute long of them singing Laura Dern. It's just like crescendoing. The gays are obsessed with Laura Dern, especially over the yeah, past. Yeah, she few is years. their queen right now. Yeah, I think uh, Big Little Lies pushed uh, the gays over the edge for uh, Laura Dern. She um, is my favorite yeah. in that show. Yeah, she's carrying. I mean, like that show is really good, but she also carries it on her back. Yep. <laughs> so she definitely does. Just every yeah. role you watch her in, you want her to be your mom. Like that's how I feel at least. Like she's just mm-hmm. such a great motherly figure and so sweet and such a good actress in all these roles that she plays. I bought a but Laura she- Dern Funko the other day in the Jurassic Park vehicle. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. She can also be a bad bitch, though. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. She gets angry <laughs> in Big Little Lies. Yep. It's entertaining as hell. <laughs> well, did you see Marriage Story as well? No, but I want to just because Laura oh. Dern's in oh. it. Oh, she's so I did good. like that. Yeah. It's a hard movie I- to watch. But she was good. Look, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm just still really bitter that there was no justice for Greta Gerwig and Little Women. So while I am pleased for Laura Dern, I just wanted to see them as a collective unit win more. Yeah. And they really didn't pick up very much. But they also weren't nominated for very much, which is really unfortunate because it, I think that's probably my my favorite movie. Like, bold choice, but probably my favorite movie that was nominated for awards. Yeah. Despite our rave review of the Oscars, it hit an all-time low in the ratings. Only only 23.6 million people tuned in. That's down from 29.6 million in 2019, so a 6 million viewer drop. I don't know what's up with that. People just don't care. People are just busy streaming. People have a life on Sunday nights. I don't know. But people maybe just don't care because there's so many bad things happening in the world. They've just got real fish to fry. I don't know. But I, I find the Oscars enjoyable still. And I always look forward to tuning in, even though I'm, I'm, I've grown increasingly cranky about watching Hollywood pat itself on the back. It's still a really fun <laughs> watch. I don't know. I'm split. I can't decide. <laughs> no, I was going to say that I could see it being that a mixture of that. And also, I think I hate to say this because sometimes it, it is really important. And I'm all about somebody using their platform for a good cause. But I think a lot of people that just don't want more politics are really sick and tired of like the soapboxing. Yeah, and there was some of that. Um, Brad Pitt did yeah, it right out of the Yeah, but not very much. No. I just think that people, you know, they, they kind of look to Hollywood for an escape sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's if that's the case, it's not fun for those people to tune into an award show where, like, you know, six of their favorite actors are talking about politics. So I don't yeah. begrudge anybody for not watching because of that. Um, but I it doesn't bother me because I think sometimes it is important to shine use your um star power to shine a spotlight on a really important issue. Yeah. So. And I guess the host does help a little bit having a host. Somebody you can use to promote the Oscars. True. Mm. Well, if you are inspired by some of those Oscars looks and want to get that clear glowing skin naturally, you'll want to hear this word from our next sponsor. They're BioClarity and Andrew and I have been using this skin routine for the last two years. I used to struggle to keep blackheads and red patches at bay, but BioClarity has really turned this around for me. One of my favorite things about BioClarity is that it's actually affordable and not only something intended for those dreaded 1% Centers. They have two routines to fit your skincare needs, the clear skin routine for oily or breakout prone skin or the essentials routine for normal skin and everyday use. Both routines consist of an easy to use three-step regimen that helps improve the look and feel of your skin and is packed full of detoxifying nutrients. These products are uniquely formulated to help nourish the skin with clean plant-based ingredients. The routines also include a super special ingredient found only in BioClarity. Floralux, which is made from the chlorophyll from plants. This special ingredient also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evening out skin tone and texture. And you can only find Floralux in BioClarity. Their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. Plus, you can't beat the 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. 
Get healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. These products have really helped get my skin back on track. And even better, bioclarity is actually affordable. Right now, for our listeners, you can save 15% off everything on their website. It's an incredible deal, but you need to enter our code MIL at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and get 15% off everything on their website when you use our code MIL at checkout. I have to give Bioclarity a special shout out because I recently had a pimple on my dick and <laughs> BioClarity knocked no! that out real quick. So thank you, BioClarity. I really appreciate it. Andrew. <laughs> what? No way. Andrew, How what? Do you... what? It happens. Guys know what I'm talking about. It happens. Like an ingrown hair? Like a pimple on my dick. Oh my God. Uh, Sorry for shaking up the BioClarity ad. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm just, I've never thought of a pimple being on a dick, but it makes sense. It, it, I'm pretty sure it happens. I told Pat, or and he understood. I was embarrassed until I told him, and I, I think oh. it's somewhat common. Guys in the Discord, help me out. Somebody, please. I guess I can text Mark and be like, have you ever had a pimple on your dick? If nobody comes forward, I'm editing that out. <laughs> no, no, no. You shouldn't do that. Oh, wait, hold on. You just got a reply here. What, from BioClarity? From Katie in the Discord. <laughs> from BioClarity. Oh, okay, Katie's backing me up. It happens to her <laughs> yeah, husband. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Katie. Try out BioClarity. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes sense. I'm just sense. imagining you face masking your penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like spot treatment. Just like step yeah. two. <laughs> I get step it. Two. I get it. Laura, what happened in Iowa? We were off and uh, we were also <laughs> following Iowa and oh my gosh, it would uh we didn't get results a, for days. I think a better question would be what didn't happen in Iowa. An answer didn't happen in Iowa. Yeah, and we can kind of rewind. So basically, Iowa this year um they're doing caucuses just like they do every time. But because of some complaints that came out of the 2016 run in Iowa, they decided to implement uh, a few other data sets. So they were looking at who was most popular after the first round of caucusing, who was most popular after realignment happened, and then also looking at delegate counts and then one more thing. Mm-hmm. And they were going to use an app to upload all of this data from the various camp or caucus sites. Well, the app crashed. <laughs> so they couldn't obtain the data for literal days, like Andrew mentioned. Uh. And finally, by the time we started getting data, they only released 62% of the results initially, at which point uh, Buttigieg was shown to have a very narrow lead on uh, Sanders, although that's effectively a tie in my mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. But really, what this did, what this whole snafu did, was it kind of took the wind out of any sales of momentum that would come out of Iowa. Um, right. Because even though we don't, technically, we don't actually get the firm results out of Iowa for a week or so after the caucus happens, typically enough numbers are in early enough in the night of the caucus that they're able to make a call about a winner pretty confidently. And that person gets the Iowa momentum and moves on to New Hampshire. Well, because we didn't get that information until like three days after nobody's, in my opinion, nobody's really getting that Iowa momentum. Yeah. 
And there's been a lot of controversy between the two frontrunners about who actually won. So that would be Buttigieg and Sanders. And it's kind of made things turn nasty. Yeah, they've been attacking each other a lot. And Biden's been swinging as well because he got fourth, which was a surprise. I'm looking at our predictions from a couple weeks ago. Pam and I, (laughs) well, we all predicted Biden would be in the top two. Um, I'm, I'm excited by the fact that Pete did so well. I don't think anybody saw that coming. You have to remember, this guy is basically coming out of nowhere. He was just a mayor in Indiana. Nobody really knows him, but he did go to war. He is very well spoken. People kind of compare him to Obama in terms of his way of speaking. His thoughts are collected. He's a smart guy. And he is gay. And it's a feel-good moment, I think, for the gay community. Even though I know plenty of gay people who are not fans of Pete's, it is impressive to see somebody who is openly gay do so well in Iowa. I mean, I'm not holding a guy's hand in Iowa. <laughs> I'm not out in Iowa. <laughs> so so for Pete to pull that off is impressive. It speaks to where America is moving as a nation. So that warms my heart. Yeah. Bernie supporters, not very happy that a recount is happening. They wish it was happening sooner. There's been some drama in our Facebook group about that as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... I don't I don't see what the big conspiracy is in terms of the timing. It's just been a whole mess. So sure, they could have done it sooner, but I can also see why they didn't do it sooner. There's no way they could win. There, because of this snafu with the app crashing and the data not being available, and also the fact that they added so many data sets to this caucus in order to guarantee more transparency when everything went up, like when everything was up Shit's Creek, there was nothing that they could do to possibly make everybody happy. It just wasn't because their tool for guaranteeing transparency fucked up. And what killed me about this was I was like, okay, so y'all, first of all, worth noting that both Biden and Buttigieg had made financial contributions to the developer of this shadow app. And And by the way, that name, it's not good. Right. Don't I hire know. a company with an app called Shadow. That's sketchy yeah. as hell. And also, like, come on, in 2020, after everything that's happened, do you think that even if you had like and I'm I'm assuming positive intent here, but even with positive intent, do you actually think that people are going to hear about you making financial contributions to a vote tallying app and not think that's weird? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Right. We don't need another but her emails. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And that followed Hillary to the grave of her 2016 campaign. Yep. It's following her now yeah. and we're well past that. And she never got away from it. So stop giving people reasons to think yeah. that you're somehow more corrupt than Trump. Right. Um, this was also frustrating because it was like we were on the heels of a Senate acquittal. Mm hmm. And then Iowa was like the first big audition to the country. And then the Iowa Democratic Party fucked it up. Right. (laughs) And there's already a lot of skepticism over Iowa being the first and getting so much attention. Mm -hmm. And now we're rolling our eyeballs again over this. Yeah. So Iowa, we'll probably forget about this come, what, 2024. But 
well, they can't make this mistake again. But, no. But I just, it was really embarrassing for the state. Even the candidates, I think Bernie said at one point, I'm, I'm forgetting about Iowa. Like, he was just freaking yeah. over it. Honestly, <laughs> they have to. They have to at this point. They need to focus on, you know, New Hampshire. Um, and then, you know, coming up South Carolina. They can't keep focusing on, honestly, a state that provides, like, either 1% or less than 1% of the delegates that they would need in order to clinch the nomination. Iowa only matters because we say it matters. Right. That's it. And because it's first. Yeah. It just gets... Exactly. Exactly. Um, But we've got New Hampshire. I wanted to get everybody's feelings about how we think the candidates are going to do there. Well, the polling seems to indicate that Bernie and Pete are going to do well again. They seem to be mm-hmm. neck and neck within a margin of error. It seems like Bernie might win. And I'm happy about that because I think this will help cool the Bernie fans a little bit. Because if Pete won again, I think they would scream conspiracy again for whatever reason. So I, I want Bernie to win. I want... <laughs> I want the the bernie supporters to say okay the dnc isn't completely trying to ruin him <laughs> at least not in this state and then from there i mean i've been watching cnn recently and msnbc and bernie and pete are getting a lot of attention and at this mm-hmm. point i feel like the media is going to prop them up through super tuesday and i'm okay with that i think that's cool i feel bad for our endorsed candidate elizabeth warren and some others who deserve to get more attention but I don't know. I'm good with it. Yeah, I think that I agree that Sanders and Buttigieg will probably be the top two, almost likely, in New Hampshire. Um, Particularly, I mean, this is, again, not a super diverse state, um, but also New Hampshire is in Vermont's backyard, right? So I think Bernie will play very well there. I think that we may see things switch up a little bit when we start getting into South Carolina and Super Tuesday states that have much more diverse populations. And quite frankly, that's going to be where we start seeing Joe Biden um, moving up in the polls. So I know people are kind of people are kind of like, oh, he came in fourth in Iowa. So he's kind of like dead in the water. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's dead over one state. However, because uh, CNN, MSNBC, and even the newspapers are giving Bernie and Pete so much attention, I wonder if that is going to seriously propel them through the rest of this race. Because you think of Trump. Everybody was like, oh, no, Trump can't get it. Trump can't get it. But the media Mm -hmm. was fascinated by him. So he benefited from that. Now, of course, Bernie and Pete are not psycho and idiotic like Trump are. Right. But still, I think all this media attention is going to help them throughout the rest of this race. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see um, what sort of surprises come because there's always a primary surprise. Um, it's not quite as like cemented as the October surprise that always comes during the general election, but there's always something that happens during a primary that shakes things up. So I'm not committed to saying that they're going to be the top two forever, but I Mm -hmm. think through New Hampshire, they will be. All right. Well, it's time now for a word from our next sponsor. They're a new sponsor. 
And I'm excited to tell you about them because I have used them for years. In fact, I started using them a few years ago here in LA when I was mailing out hundreds of MuggleCast t-shirts to patrons. I was folding, packing, and shipping them myself, but I was then taking hundreds of shirts at a time to the post office and printing labels one by one. I'd go after hours, after the post office closed, right down the street from where I am now, and I'd use one of those self-service machines. And then, because I was spending so much time there, another customer would show up, and I'd have to stop, print out my receipt, do all that crap, so they could use the machine, because I was going to be there for so long. Then I heard about Stamps.com, and oh my gosh, it changed my life. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. They've partnered with the post office to let you print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it around the world. Once your mail is ready, you just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. And you get to avoid the hassle of going to the post office. I started printing stamps in the comfort of my own home for our various MuggleCast and Millennial gifts that we've sent out over the years, and it was just life-changing. And as if the convenience wasn't tantalizing enough, you also save money. You get discounted postage rates that you can't even get at the post office. This is crazy. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's stamps.com and enter code M-I-L-L. Please, if you mail things, give this a try. I think you're going to love it. It's just one of those things you don't think exists, but then you start using it and you're just, your mind is blown and suddenly your life is just a little bit easier. So thank you, stamps.com, for coming on board to Millennial. So, a couple lighter topics, a couple things that have been on my mind. Emojis. That's a fun light topic. The Unicode Consortium. There's a group that that plans emojis. They have finalized 62 new emojis that'll be rolled out later this year. Highlights include smiling with a tear, a disguised face, pinched fingers, a trans flag, a magic wand, a beaver, a seal. And then there's some random shit like a rock, wood, (laughs) flatbread. Yeah, there's like a pressed panini sandwich here. (laughs) Why? Why? There's also new gender-inclusive emojis that can be used as an alternative to gendered versions, such as a person with a veil, a person with a tux, rather than the current woman-man option. So that's good. But... The reason I wanted to bring this up is because how many emoji do we really need on our phones? If you swipe through that tray right now, there are so many. You can't find what you're looking for. My eyes just glaze over. It's staring right in front of me, the one I need. But there's so many, I can't find it. Yeah, I'm trying to look at They never have what I want either. What do you need? Which is so funny. Like, like, well, this is like remedied now, but you know... Last Christmas, I was looking for a freaking tamale emoji to send to my grandma, and I couldn't find one. Yeah, it's so null like, now, but 
looking at like, I feel like my frequently used are probably pretty common. Like I have the crying while laughing. Mm -hmm. I have the thumbs up. I have the 100. I have the eyes like looking sideways judgmentally. Um, I have the hand over the face the shrug like <laughs> i i feel like those are those are the most commonly used ones that people yeah. need but yeah here's so they add more emojis every year and i'm really wondering how many we need must we replace every word with pictures in our phones will they ever stop coming we have hundreds of emojis now we're going to have thousands within a few years this seems like total overkill to me. Do you think that they'll retire any emojis that aren't <laughs> being used that much and replace them with some of these newer ones? That's a good idea. They really should. There's actually a Twitter account called Least Used Emoji Bot, and it just scans Twitter, counting up the usage of every single emoji. For a while, it was the ski lift, I think. That was the least used emoji. But for the past few weeks, it looks like, the least used emoji has been input symbol for symbols. God knows what that means. Yeah, yeah. what are you even using that for? I don't know. It's got a, a music oh. node. It's got a percentage and, and ampersand. Is that what it's called? All in one. It's just... But Yeah, so... I mean, looking at that, that's been the least used symbol. Looks like for months. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I keep scrolling through the timeline and it just keeps going. I just think we need to hit pause on new emojis for a few years because I really think this is getting crazy. Let's use our words. Let's remember how to spell things. Not everything has to be an emoji. Let's just calm down, please. I, you know, I, I'm going to disagree with that to a certain extent. I think when people talk exclusively in emojis, it's not an effective way to communicate all the time. But emojis and gifs and these things are able to communicate sentiment that wouldn't necessarily come across with as much emotion as if you typed it out like to type yeah. crying while laughing instead of sending the joy emoji that has the tears while the emoji's laughing like right so i i understand the move towards the use of emojis and GIFs. I think we actually had this debate on this show years ago when the dictionary.com word of the year was an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> but I still feel that way. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, though? Let, like, I was thinking about this the other day. Ten years ago, emoji didn't exist. I don't think. Maybe it was a little bit longer. Maybe 15 can you imagine just like getting a peek at the future and you're seeing all these little pictures in our text messages and our emails and our our social media statuses? We'd be like, what the hell is going on? The emoji only used to be in Japan, I believe, right? And for a time, you had to go into your iPhone settings, go into keyboards, go to Japan, and then there was the extra emoji keyboard. You had to turn it on. It wasn't on by default. And then I guess six, seven, eight years ago, Apple was like, okay, these are becoming a thing. And it just became on by default. Fascinating how it's changed over the years. But but at the same time, like we, people were still sending smiley faces, like sideways smiley True. faces or like the, you know, so it's like, it kind of has, it's just evolved, right? Right. Will you two ever use the flatbread emoji? Maybe. Um yeah, maybe that. I bet you that's going to be the new flat earther symbol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of like you know, people that are really into um, holographic glitter use the 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 CD ROM emoji. Yeah. that's like the official hollow. Or of course, oh, the wow. eggplant and the peach <laughs> are used for yes. sex. Right, exactly. Yeah. Everything 
everything ends up with a double meaning anyway. So. This pinched fingers one. I feel like that could I be actually it. useful. Yeah, it's like chef's kiss, right? Yeah, that. Or, like, or also like making a point like Italian, about something. Right? Oh, yeah. Like when you feel really emphatic yeah. about something and you're like, no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what are your most popular emoji? So like iOS says frequently used. I'm seeing a cheeseburger in my frequently used tray. I don't use a cheeseburger emoji much at all. Maybe once recently. That's not frequent. Yeah, like I, I just like, like right now at the top, it's the broken heart, but it's because <gasps> I sent you it okay? Oh, Pam, what's wrong? Oh, no, nothing. Honestly, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, do you guys really want to know why I sent this? I sent this because I was talking to a friend of mine about Little Woman and <laughs> broke your heart. <laughs> yeah, because there's that one scene with Joe and Lori, and he's like, "I love you," and she's like, "I won't make you happy," and it's anyway. And now your phone is like, Pam's heart is broken. My phone thinks I'm depressed and you know going through a breakup. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think like my my most used are the the side eye, like Laura, yeah, and then probably the the heart eyes, and then like the crying, yeah. I'm with you guys there. My number one, according to Apple, is just the red heart. Then the eyes looking up. I love that one. That's like my give me a freaking break one. I send that to yeah. Laura all the time <laughs> when I need a bitch. I send the upside down one. Like that's oh, my I love that one too. Upside down oh, smiley. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother <laughs> sends that one to me a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if she knows what it means and she's Probably using not. it appropriately or like <laughs> I, I doubt always it. laugh. That, that's how I feel about the, you know, there's the one that it looks like it's supposed to be angry, but it's because it's got steam coming out of its nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> sometimes I'll send one, like, I'll send that. It was like, oh my God, it was so good. Yeah. And it's like that emoji. I, also, I, one of my top ones is the middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> I never use that. I should use it more. <laughs> I use it a lot. I like the, um, I use this one all the time. The the closed eyes and the flat mouth. Yep. I don't know how to describe like, it exactly. Or um <laughs> the one that looks like it's happy or the one that looks like it's no, sad. No, it's like give me a break. Here, I'll try to Oh yeah. 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 I also really like the smile with the eyes closed and the three hearts around the face. That's a recent mm-hmm. one. I've come to really like that one. That's just like mm-hmm. there's a website that tracks emoji usage and I thought this was interesting apparently the most popular emoji as of october 2019 is the face with tears of joy i think you brought that one up pam mm-hmm. i like that one no i'm talking about the one that's sobbing like the loud crying oh, oh right because you're broken hearted yeah that makes sense um but just in general anything it's like it's so beautiful sobbing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy sobbing but see now we have happy and sad so i don't have to use that anymore mm-hmm. Number two is the red heart. Number three is smiling face with hard eyes. We mentioned that. Um, the sideways face with crying and you're, and you're rolling on the floor laughing. That's number four. Here's a stat. I don't know how they figure this out. But according to Emojipedia, Emojipedia only 7% of people use the peach emoji as a fruit. <laughs> that sounds about right. I'm don't... surprised that's not a higher number. <laughs> how do they calculate that? <laughs> like... I've never used the peach emoji as a fruit. No, ever. me neither. Only 7% of the population apparently like eating peaches because why else would you use it non-sexually? But I think we need to slow down. We have too many emoji. It, I, Needless. Rock? Wood? Flatbread? No. I'm going to start using the rock emoji in all of our communications. Yeah. Don't you dare. 
Andrew, I am a rock emoji. <laughs> no, I'll just be like, Andrew, when will the show document be ready for us to post in? Rock emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're throwing a rock at him to remind him. <laughs> Ooh, I bet they'll make a rock and emoji eventually. <laughs> oh, great. There's something I don't use, an emoji. Oh, I know. I used it literally when it came out to send you, Andrew, yeah. a video of me as like a rabbit or something. Mm. And it's then a, that was it. It's a gimmick. I do yeah. like, I don't use these, but on iOS, they let you now make your own emoji. Mm-hmm. And I, li- I, I like it. I just don't use them. I'm so used to the regular emoji. Like, I don't like my face with the hard eyes. I, I just like the classic But then also one. there's, it's competing with Bitmoji too, which is huge. Bitmoji I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Those are fun. Pat and I send those to each other all the time because there's so many. Mm. They all, they're always adding new ones. And like, here's me sitting on top of an eggplant. Mm-hmm. When I want to suck Perfect. some dick, I just send that. <laughs> here's, I mean, these are just so funny. Like, you're dead to me. <laughs> Crocheted. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so funny also like on snapchat too like if you are if you're having a conversation with somebody they i i think this is really brilliant the the options for the bitmojis will put you and that person together so you can yes. you know send one of both of you i believe they recently rolled that out in the rest of the in the rest of ios you can actually turn those on now oh that's fantastic yeah long time coming okay so something else i wanted to talk about today is cameo <laughs> Have you two heard of Cameo? Yes. Oh, yes. So this is a site, for anyone who doesn't know, that lets you pay celebrities to make a personalized video for you or somebody that you love. People do this for special occasions, birthdays, etc. You can give the celebrity some info to work with, like how old a person is turning or what someone is celebrating, etc. And then Cameo is taken off. Thanks to this unique opportunity, I think, to actually have a celebrity record a personalized video for you. They're looking straight into the camera. They're usually like sitting on their bed or the couch or like wherever they're traveling and just spending a moment doing something for you for a price, of course. I was looking through these the other day and I thought we could talk about it because it's just it's so fascinating. A, the celebrities that are on here and B, how much they're charging. So I went browsing, and if you guys saw anybody interesting, please shout them out. But Anthony Scaramucci, you know, he had, you know, he was in the White House for like ten minutes. Um, he's on Cameo. He charges hundred dollars for a personalized video. He Aaron would. Aaron Carter also on Cameo. He's been very vocal of the fact that he's uh, broke. Um, hundred dollars as well. Yeah, I see. Gilbert Gottfried is on here. Yeah. He charges a lot too, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like 150. <laughs> but he's got a distinctive voice, so I feel like that would be a cool one. Um, Lance Bass is on here. I think 250. Pam. Yeah, but I was uh, when we were talking about this not long ago. I I was on his profile, and I guess he donates that money to charity. Oh, okay, that's nice. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sure a lot of people are just, you know, using this as a a second source of income. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke is on here. Hollywood legend, $500. Icon. Yes, $500. Scott Patterson is on here. Scott Patterson, like the Lacey Peterson, Scott Patterson. Oh, no, Scott Patterson, Gilmore Girls. Yes. (laughs) 
Scott Oh my god, Peterson. you thought a murderer was on here? Ma- yeah, no, I was thinking about the other guy. I don't even know if his name is Hey, Scott. baby, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Happy birthday. Well, I don't know. I feel like OJ would do cameo Probably. and be like, I didn't do it, but if I did. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, I wish I did it with you. Happy birthday. <laughs> How much is uh, is Luke from Gilmore Girls? $135. All right. Would you do that, Pam? Would you pay that? Um, I don't know. I was, you know, I was trying to think about who I would actually pay to do this for me, but I, I don't know if I could wrap my brain around spending that much money. Yeah. Les- Leslie David Baker from The Office. A lot Three- of Office stars are on there. $300. You know what? So I saw that high price. It makes sense because The Office is still a huge hit. Everybody is still obsessed with Office. If you're obsessed back then, you're still obsessed now. So Ugh. they can get away with that, I think. It's cool. And it's Paula become... Dean. <laughs> Paula Dean. How much for Paula Dean? $100. That's worth it. That's worth it. Uh, yeah, maybe she'll Paula say something the racist. just said that Toby Lauren is on here, too. I want Paula what? Dean to say, butter me up. Yeah, and I think that um, Sean Spicer is on there as well. I think I saw the other day. Oh, my God. There's a lot of people on here that I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. I know, same. A lot of internet celebrities as well. Maybe, you know what, maybe that's why I can't wrap my brain around, like, spending money on a cameo because I just haven't seen anybody that I feel like would be worth the money. Well, so of interest to our audience, there's a bunch of Harry Potter actors on here, actually. So I thought it was fun to browse through all these. Some of these people, I'm like, who the fuck? You know, no offense, but come on. Um, so the Phelps twins are on here. James Phelps charges $95. Oliver Phelps also charges $95. It'd be kind of funny if one was trying to undercut the other. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Rankin, $30. I feel like Chris Rankin is worth more. He's still really involved. Well, I guess the the Phelpses are also really involved, but I feel like Chris Rankin's at every convention. Yeah, exactly. And he's super friendly. He could charge more. He's got he's got five star reviews across the board. So I think his videos are really good. And also like you're looking the length of the videos matter too. like Chris Rankin. It looks like he records for 60 to 90 seconds. Like I'm more inclined to pay for somebody if they're recording for at least a minute. I think Dan Fogler is on here. How much is he charging? I feel like he would be funny. $100. Bonnie Wright is charging two hundred dollars. <laughs> what? Didn't you say her line was short at the convention? Yeah, yeah. Aww. Nobody wanted to see her. Oh, Bonnie. Um, Tommy Chong is on here too. <laughs> Who is that? Do you ever watch like, that seventy show? Oh, oh, Tommy no, Chong. I didn't really get into that. Okay. okay. So what cracks me up most? Okay, so I would say Bonnie Wright's probably the biggest celebrity, Harry Potter celebrity, on here. So two hundred, I think. Maybe that makes sense. Jamie Waylett is on here. That dude got kicked out of the Harry Potter movies for growing weed. And now he's on yeah. Cameo. <laughs> you know what? He deserves the pocket change. It's you fine. He got so? screwed out of the last check. <laughs> oh, man. And you can see the videos he's recorded. And he's got a thick accent. Like, I could barely understand what he's saying. He charges $60. I feel like that's high. Like, you cannot charge more than Chris Rankin, Jamie Waylett. Even Victor Crumb charges less than him. <laughs> I wonder how many requests they get. Like, yeah. You can kind of tell based on how many reviews that they have. So like James Phelps, $95, 39 reviews. Now, I'm sure not everybody is reviewing him, but he's made at least 
$4,000 off a cameo. Like, it's pretty good. Andrew, set up a cameo. Let's let's <laughs> put this theory to the test. <laughs> what theory to the test? Just to, just to see, like, how many requests you get. No, I'm going to get zero you requests. Could put, you could put yourself under the Harry Potter category, oh I'm my sure. God. I feel like some of these people weren't even in the movie. Uh, yeah. Sean Biggerstaff. This one's kind of sad to see because, like, I used to have a major crush on him, and now he's not super cute. Um, oh, I'm not even going to click now. <laughs> I was about to. <laughs> I mean, he's not ugly, but he's not the Sean no, Biggerstaff. No, I just I can't have it be ruined, okay? It's fine. <laughs> uh, $50 for him. 51 reviews. I mean, a lot of people like a lot of people had a crush on him. Do you guys get the impression that these celebrities, setting aside the people who donate to charity with their cameo income, do you guys get the impression that maybe these people need some extra cash because i feel like this is kind of desperate to be on cameo i don't know if i thought if i thought that people mm -hmm. gave a shit about watching a 60 second video from me and wanted to pay for it i I would probably do it even if it makes you look cheap like it makes i don't know it's part of my problem i think is that conventions fan conventions they often have these photo ops with with celebrities and you pay 50, 100, 200, 500, depending on the celebrity, for five seconds with this celebrity. They take a picture with you and they push you right along. I don't like that. Now, I know I'm sure some people listening have done it and are really happy with their photo, and that's cool. But I feel like the celebrities are exploiting the fans. Of course, the fans are being pressed to pay up. But some of these people charge a lot, and you're getting no time with these people. I It just makes me uncomfortable. I wish instead these fan conventions would just pay these celebrities up front and say, hey, for, for $5,000, we want you to take pictures with people for two hours or something. And don't charge the fans. Just have it as one mm-hmm. experience of the convention. And maybe the fans like enter a lottery to win this. That would be okay or with Or I guess if it, if like for a good cause, cause like, for example, Zachary Levi, who is now in the DC universe, but before even that, you know, he had his own following. He used to do that with his um, convention that was going on during Comic-Con, which has since stopped. But, mm. you know, I believe that, um, I can't remember exactly how it works because it's been a while, but but I believe that he would just take pictures for hours with people and then the donations would go towards, you know, a good cause or or you could line up as long as you had paid the ticket in and then that money would go towards some kind of organization. Yeah. I don't know. I think it really depends on the celebrity. I think I think, you know, when you pay because I wouldn't judge anybody for doing that, mm-hmm. you kind of do it knowing that you're not going to get very very much time um yeah. but i think that if you pay for a good person then they understand that it means something to you and they do the most with the very short amount of time that you're there yeah and i think that that's really nice you yeah. know yeah i mean this i don't is, know i really appreciated um richard horvitz who's the voice of invader zim we got that 30 second recording for the show in the voice of Zim and he was so nice he did the recording mm-hmm. and he took like 10 minutes to stand there and talk to me mm-hmm. yeah and no, so that's th- yeah yeah and that's, that that was like 40 bucks yeah that I thought was worth it 
Right. 10 minutes, that that is a lot of time. But normally mm-hmm. with these photo op or autograph lines, they just push you right through because mm-hmm. they have so many people to get through. And Not like the Marvel lines. I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. You know, now with Ace Comic Con and stuff like that, a, a lot of these big stars are are going and yeah you know some life though i mean man once you make it in some of these shows you could be set for life on these convention circuits just just going to panels they'll fly you out there they'll put you up they do everything and then you can make some money off off these autograph sessions and photo sessions i just always think of the walking dead stars like they're on like a season or two and then they're going to fan conventions for the next 10 15 years it's crazy so andrew's like do it or get on like a cw show (laughs) yep you're set. Andrew's like, how do I get like a small recurring role <laughs> <laughs> on an AMC or a CW show? Somebody's asking, what about Bruce, Andrew? What about Bruce? Like, how was that? Because that was, did you pay to to meet him? Yeah. Or? You know how okay. much you paid? $20. $20. See, that's great because you paid the yeah. price of the book probably, right? Price of the book, signed, and the photo. He didn't want to take advantage of me. That's why I hugged him. That's and great. And said yeah. he means everything to we me. We stand Bruce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you say it that confidently, though? Or were you more like, you mean everything to me? <laughs> uh, that would have been longer than five seconds. I would have been pushed along before I could complete the sentence. <laughs> no, I was I was surprisingly calm. Thank you, Lexapro. Yep. And thank God for uh, iPhone live photos, because if you press into my photo with Bruce, you can see us coming out of our wonderful hug. So... Good time. Honestly, that's the best um, feature ever because I, I mean, I, I, I think I've talked about this before. I hate asking for pictures with celebrities, which is I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, especially because of what I do and like what you do as well. I know that you find this equally awkward, but a, a handful of times like I can count on one hand the number of times I have, you know, gotten a picture with somebody that I do actually really enjoy. And that feature is so great because it is like a little mini movie. It's like, oh, that was worth it. Yeah, yeah. It captures a lot that you would not have seen otherwise. I think about Mm -hmm. like parents capturing their kids growing up, stuff like that. And you can hear the noise too in the back. It's like, it's really nice. Yeah, it is. It is sweet. Make sure you have a big iPhone though, because those take up a lot of storage. (laughs) All right. So yeah, that's Cameo. If any of our listeners have used Cameo before, let us know how it is. I want to use it maybe for you too. I, I just need to find a really shitty celebrity to hire for you. Maybe two. maybe you can sort by price, you know? Yeah, you can. Yeah. There you go. And just pick something like under twenty dollars or under thirty. I wonder what the cheapest one is. I think it's like twenty and it's some random YouTuber. I didn't know that person at all. You know who's on who cracks me up? Corey Lewandowski. <laughs> he used to be in the White <laughs> House. Fifty bucks. I think that's a pretty good deal. 50 bucks for Corey. And he's like, hey, thanks for supporting Trump. Thanks for helping make America great again. Thanks for believing in God. Like all this random shit. I'm like, oh, man, I want to do this for Laura. Drive her crazy. No, but what you have to do. Thanks for supporting Trump. (laughs) I'd be so mad. (laughs) I'd be so mad. Randy Jackson is on here. $250. I would just want him to say, pitchy, pitchy, bro, pitchy. Or like, that's a no from me. That's a no from me, <laughs> You know dog. what? I'm just saying it's going to be a yes from me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I would actually scream over? Maybe Lance Bass, but uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. He has to be oh. the most expensive on here, though. $1,200. What? I, that's so in character for him. 
But is he recording like a full feature length film? Nope. For I'm looking you? at these. They're a minute long. People are shelling out twelve hundred dollars for a minute no. of his time. No. Crazy. Hundred thirty eight reviews. So a lot of people have paid for Mr. That, Wonderful. That is just taking advantage. <laughs> like, holy shit. Well, we have one more sponsor today, HoneyBook. We are lucky to have a lot of creatives in the audience, maybe creatives who can uh, get away with having a profile on Cameo. Your creative passion is something you're pursuing part-time or full-time, and that is awesome. But maybe you wish you knew something sooner, like how much time drafting proposals, creating contracts, and chasing down payments would take. The good news is that HoneyBook can help with all those tedious administrative tasks so you can get back to doing what you love. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. I'm really lucky that I've been able to take on additional podcast editing and consulting work in my spare time, and HoneyBook has been there for me. I appreciate it most for creating invoices, getting those to my clients, and you can automate it all so it's less for you to worry about. And not only do the invoices look great, but HoneyBook's interface is so simple to use that I actually enjoy creating invoices and, of course, getting that money, baby, so I can afford some cameos. But that's not all they offer. HoneyBook has easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices to make you look like you're not only great at the creative side of your job, but you're also good at business management. And that's important because it shows you're organized. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit tryhoneybook.com slash M-I-L-L. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to tryhoneybook.com slash M-I-L-L for 50% off your first year. Go to that URL now, and you will instantly see their interface, and you'll understand why they're so great. First impressions are important, and they make that impression and deliver. That's tryhoneybook.com slash M-I-L-L. All right, so for listener feedback this week, we do have a confessional. The confessee writes, Hi, millennial family. Can we talk a minute about how terrible it is to live in the present day political climate? I work in an industry in which many people from Central and South America immigrate to the U.S. for jobs. Two years ago, I met a guy from Mexico who I began dating. On a date at Bob Evans, I glanced at the people around us who were all older white couples, and I instantly got a sense of disapproval that a little white girl like myself would be bringing this Mexican guy into their establishment. Now, truly, we had a nice meal and nothing bad happened and no one said anything to us. So this perceived disapproval may have been entirely in my head. But in that case, I almost feel worse that I may have subconscious racial issues to resolve. So here's the point of my message. I hate that I even have to contemplate these things. Starting a new relationship and finding a person to spend your life with is awkward and difficult enough without having these extra worries about people judging us because he's a different color than me. The first thing I would say is that most people have subconscious racial issues to resolve. (laughs) They just do. Um, You know, I think that it's really important to confront that, that most people are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of this, like I, you know, I'm in an interracial relationship and I would say, especially since you're the white person in the relationship, I think it's important for you to be cognizant and aware of when these things might be happening, but at the same time, not to look for it. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't start, like, don't make every encounter with your partner about like, 
ooh, let's see who's pissed off about us being together today. Because that's just not going to make you happy. Yeah. Because then you're you're not, not, not to say that's what you're doing at all here, but um, then the interactions are not about you and your partner. They're just about what everybody else around you thinks. And I imagine in time, you will stop thinking about that. Because you have just spent so much time with this person that you've learned to shrug off these potential assholes. This doesn't sound perfectly right, but you're just used to this interracial relationship. So you're not thinking about it anymore. It's just normal. Yeah, I would also say your first mistake was going to Bob Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Bob Evans. I want to be judgmental, but my brother is in an interracial relationship now. And I wonder about that too. Like when we were at Disneyland, like are people judging them? Because they do a lot of PDA, too much PDA for my liking. Um, but I wonder if people are like that. And my brother and Dominique, they don't care. I don't think, I mean, I didn't ask them about it, but they don't seem to care. So I think that's great. But at the same time, I feel bad for them that people might be thinking that way. It sucks, but it's the world we live in. It's like it's like being a gay person. Like I know when I'm holding hands with Pat, I know people are thinking about it. They're looking at that and going, "Gay, gay," you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, but at this, when I when I see Laura and Mark, I'm not like straight, you know. Right. No, you're just like interracial. <laughs> 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 no, I, I'm kidding. But I I think it's just back to the original thing that I was saying about like be aware kind of like what you were just saying Andrew like you're you are aware of it you're aware of the perceptions you see the looks like they're definitely there but at the end of the day it's about deciding how much you're gonna let that impact you yeah and I think I think like Andrew said you you get more used to it it's not great (laughs) yeah but you do Poe is pointing out that Caitlyn Jenner is on Cameo. I don't know how I missed that. $2,500. Wow. Come on, Caitlyn. That is crazy. She doesn't even have her e-show anymore. That's why she needs Cameo. That's fair. Okay, so it's time now for recommendations. I don't love giving local recommendations, but I really loved this place. And since a lot of people visit LA, I have to recommend it. Funko, the makers of pop vinyls, they make pop vinyls of every character imaginable, seemingly. They've just gotten so popular. Their headquarters is in Washington, and they have a cool store there. But it's in Everett, Washington, and like, who would ever go there? So they opened a store in Hollywood, and oh my gosh, it is so cool. First of all, of course, you can buy Funkos there. You can also make your own Funko character, which is fun. You can make a human or a monster, which is kind of a neat twist. Or make a human monster. Ooh. But the coolest part is they have larger-than-life pop vinyl figurines of all your favorite characters. So, like, the Toy Story characters, Harry Potter characters, Star Wars, DC characters, so many. And you can just walk up to them and put your arms around them and take pictures with them. It is so cute. And it's free. It's like a Hollywood wax museum, but awesome pop culture characters. And, like I said, free. So, if you're in Hollywood, go check this place out. It is so cool. Pat and I were just ecstatic browsing all the characters you can pose with. It was it was such a delight. And uh, we, I think I saw P- Pat's pictures. Did he post some? Yeah, he, and it, they were really cute. Yeah, maybe I can show you guys some real quick. So I screamed over the Toy Story characters. See them there, and look how small that, I am next oh to my them. God, how cute, adorable, so big. And Buzz is flying. 
Um, they have Hagrid. So there's Pat and Hagrid. Oh. Nice and big. Yeah, it's just you don't expect this. Oh, they have Jurassic Park. So here's Pat in the Jurassic Park z- vehicle with um that guy and a big dinosaur. So <laughs> with awesome. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Thank you. Watch him on Disney Plus. <laughs> and uh, oh, they have Stranger Things and Game of Thrones. That's Check that cool. out. Pat, That's sick. Pat riding on the back of a dragon, and this is free. It's like what? Here's um me and Guido from Star Wars. I shot first. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I just we just had a ball. So check that out, Funko Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. I think. Um, I'd like to recommend Ivy's Tea for any of you loose leaf tea fans out there. Um, this is an herbal tea blending uh, company that's actually black woman owned. So I thought this was very appropriate for Black History Month as well, so that you're able to get some delicious herbal tea. I've gotten Mm. a couple from there and they are so good and so flavorful. I usually have a cup of tea before I go to bed at night and these have become pretty like a pretty common staple in my evening routine. Um, But just really good stuff. Super important to support black owned businesses. And uh, I think you'll love it. So there you go. I wanted to recommend The Good Place, which just ended um, forever. But I, I wanted to recommend the show not because, you know, people don't know that it's great or that I haven't talked about it before, but just because the way that they wrapped up the final episode was just so perfect. And it's really hard to get a series finale right. And I feel like they did that. And it was so good. So if you haven't watched because you were kind of waiting for the show to finish so you could binge all of it would highly recommend doing that and if you're not caught up um for some reason or another i would also highly recommend catching up just so you could you can watch how they they wrapped it up that's great because i thought it was brilliant mm-hmm. the good place is a feel-good show right yeah it gets kind of real like mm. I, you know you think you're gonna laugh and all of a sudden you're like oh that that like hit me hard and now i'm maybe crying a little bit so <laughs> okay uh, but it's just so well done and and obviously like some just like any show some episodes are sp- stronger than others but it's it's just great overall all right well thank you everybody for listening to today's episode of millennial don't hesitate to write in millennial show at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennial we also have the confessional there if you want to share any secrets with us you can also follow us on social media we are millennial show on instagram twitter and facebook what are we doing in after dark today laura we're going to be talking about cancel culture something that we've touched on on the show before but there have been some happenings of late amongst uh previously canceled hollywood starlets that we thought we would touch on and sort of reevaluate <clears throat> what cancel culture means and how effective it is We're also going to surprise bitch one of our listeners. If you want to be eligible for surprise bitch, or if you want to be able to listen to After Dark, where we have more relaxed, open conversations, check out patreon.com slash millennial. Not only does your support help us make the show a priority in our lives, it gives us the backing we need to create lots of behind-the-scenes bonus content and other material. It also helps us learn more about podcasting. I'm going to be attending another podcast conference this week in Los Angeles, um, happening over Valentine's Day. 
maybe a decade ago, it would have been really lame to be at a podcasting conference over Valentine's Day. But now podcasting is so cool that I feel like it's socially acceptable to be there on Valentine's Day. Also, Valentine's Day is just a Hallmark holiday. It doesn't matter. Oh, whatever, Laura. It means a lot to some of us. Anyway, (laughs) patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you so much for your support. It goes a long way and it really helps us develop and grow the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.